Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word that is prepared for the congregation here at St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center. We do, uh, we like to pray together. That way we are all growing in Christ together, growing into His body as we hear and meditate upon his word. Uh, we do it in a very intentional kind of way. So different times of the year, we have either continuous readings or we hear uh, readings pertaining to a part of the catechism. Right now we're working through the Lord's Prayer in particular and what is prayer. Uh, other times, of course, seasonal times, Christmas, we'll hear Christmas readings, Easter, Easter readings, etc. cetera. Uh, and the purpose is um, not only just a broad familiarity with God's word, which I think is a good first step and actually maybe a good long-term goal as well, um, but also specifically how God's word from Genesis all the way through to Revelation confesses Jesus Christ um, as Lord and Savior, the one who forgives sins and with forgiveness gives life and salvation. All right, So that's our purpose and that's our, the point of this. Uh, and that way, each day as you pray with us, you are strengthened and encouraged to face whatever uh, is set before you today and, or tomorrow. Uh, and that you would remain with the Lord until he comes again, all right? And that's, of course, the theme of the end of the church year and into the season of Advent, that we uh, watch and pray in preparation for our Lord's return. I see you checking in in the chat. We've got Don and Karen. Uh, looks like whatever you wrote today is not considered spam by Facebook. Good job, Don. <laughs> Gus and Eileen, uh, mom and dad, there's Grace and Ron, Doris, and also Michael. It's good to have you all here. I wasn't sure if we would be able to stream here from church because uh, our power only came back on probably oh, about 20 minutes ago or so. And I'm not confident uh, everything is quite back to where it was as far as technology goes, but that seems to be streaming all right. So we'll be able to do it here. It's been quite windy this morning, so it uh, looks like the wind has kind of dropped down a little bit. Uh, we had limbs down at home, so I'm sure it was probably a limb on a power line somewhere. All right. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our memory verse, say it together. Prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1, verse 21. And now our psalm for this week, Psalm 135. Praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes 
lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. He it was who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both man of man and of beast, who in your midst, O Egypt, sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants, who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to his people Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever, your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion. He who dwells in Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. First, we talked about this last night a little bit um, in the sermon, but talking about Zion and Jerusalem. Of course, Jesus speaks of uh, Zion being cast into the sea and Jerusalem being destroyed, especially the temple, um, because of its uh, being turned into basically a pagan house of idolatry and not a house of the Lord with his name upon it, uh, where the people would pray, and all people would pray, including all nations. Right. So who is Zion and who is the Jerusalem we're praying for now? Well, you, right, have been built up into Mount Zion. Um, you are the dwelling place of the Lord, Jerusalem, right? Along with all Christians who are gathered in his name. Into one body, his body being the temple, right? Uh, so I mentioned this in the sermon, but it's worth reiterating that what we have is something far better than uh, a building on a hilltop uh, in Palestine. We have Jesus present with us where two or three are gathered, where he's put his name and where he's promised to hear our, our prayers, right? Uh, regardless of where we are and when we are, right? Uh, what a beautiful gift that is. So you'll be able to go watch or listen to the sermon uh, as a separate video or an audio later today. I would have gotten to it this morning, uh, but with the internet out, things got a little chaotic here at school. So <laughs> Uh, we prayed with the children in the dark, which, uh, and we also had the smallest children because they couldn't be downstairs where it's too dark. So it was a, it was a little chaos, but it was also good. All right. Regarding prayer, our first reading is from Colossians chapter one. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has come, or as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned from Epiphas, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, 
that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. I love Paul's uh, epistles. They're so poetic, right? I mean, he's he's speaking in, I think, simple and easy to understand terms, but um, expressing this this broad and expansive, um, not concept or idea, but truth rather, uh, of how God has promised to hear our prayers and how the prayers that He um, has offered on their behalf has borne fruit and continues to bear fruit in their lives, right? But then he even tells them, here's what I'm praying for in you, right? Um, and he asks that the Lord accomplish in them, um, the, or continue to accomplish in them the work that he began when he uh, had first visited them, right? And it's beautiful too, right? That they be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's what we're doing here. That they may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, right? Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's all the times we have catechesis about our vocations uh, in this world, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, right? So that we would be able to face whatever um, terrors and anxieties and worries and uh, oppression and tyranny and whatever is set before us uh, today, that we may do it with patience and long-suffering with joy, knowing that Christ wins, right? And that uh, no matter what we face this day, and no matter how we are tempted and are given to suffer, um, the Lord will see us through uh, and bring us eventually into um, the kingdom by sight and not just by faith. Right? And, of course, that's what he talks about, partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So, uh, what a beautiful prayer. Speaking of being prepared <laughs> for the days set before us, um, this is Jesus' catechesis from Luke 21. Um, during Holy Week. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, Look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that the day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. There ends the reading. All right, as I said, uh, when is he giving this preaching? 
specifically in the context of Holy Week, right? The last week of his life. Um, he had just finished describing in verses 20 to 24, which we didn't read, um, but which we hear. When do we hear those readings? Um, that's Trinity 20. We hear, I think, from Matthew 24, but uh, same same thing. Here's what he says. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know that its desolation is near. And then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Woe to you who are pregnant and those nursing babies in those days. Right? For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. Right? So we, we're in the midst of him um, prophesying the destruction of Jerusalem, of course, the destruction of the temple. Right? And uh, anytime, I forget what the term is for this, proleptic, I think. Yeah, proleptic. Anytime he's promising an immediate destruction, he also has in mind the final day, the last destruction, right? So it's both things. It's kind of like um, a similar would be the prophecy of Isaiah to Ahab, or excuse me, to Ahaz, uh, regards to a son. You know, for unto you a child will uh, will be given, right? Uh, the virgin or the young woman shall conceive and bear a son. Well, that was actually fulfilled in the time of Ahaz, but it also looked forward to um, not a young woman, but specifically a virgin conceiving and bearing a son, they call his name Emmanuel, right? So it has both in, in view, uh, an immediate lesser fulfillment and then a greater final uh, fulfillment. So it is with the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, so we have it here, I bring this up because 25 through 27 um, is fulfilled in just a few short days after Jesus preached this. All right. So it is, speaking of the end times, but what was the... Uh, at least the partial fulfillment of these words that will happen in just a few days. Well, that would be the crucifixion of Jesus, right? So look at the words you see on the screen there, um, which are highlighted, but then uh, compare them to what I'm going to read to you now. This is Luke 23, so it is the crucifixion of Jesus. Listen to this. So see the words on the screen? Now listen to this. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Jesus cried out with a loud voice. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw uh, what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd came together to that sight, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts, and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. All right, so that's Luke uh, 23. If you look at Matthew's account, of course, we have the earthquake and the, and the graves being opened, right? So, yeah, men's hearts failing them for fear and expectation of those things that were coming upon the earth. So we had the people standing by and beating their breast, right? All right, so partially fulfilled, at least in the crucifixion of Jesus. But look at the... Uh, the word of promise Jesus gives. I mean, these prophetic things of the end times, I suppose, could terrify us and ought to uh, produce in us some, not anxiety or worry, but at least uh, fear and, and, and dread over that day. Uh, but not fear and dread done outside of faith, but fear um, for what the Lord is, is going to accomplish. But look at the word of promise. Right? When you see these things happening, which maybe we're seeing them, I think we're always seeing them happening in our midst, right? We look at creation, we see its rebellion against God, the way that uh, even creation is trying to bring about its own destruction and the destruction of, of human life. 
uh, as a sign of God's coming judgment on the last day, right? But remember always this word right here. Lift up your, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Uh, all right, then he spoke to them a parable, right? And what is a parable? Or what was the parable he spoke? We know what a parable is, but what did he speak? Yeah, it should sound familiar to what we heard last night in church, right? Um, where he cursed the fig tree. Here he uses a fig tree again, right? So when the fig tree buds, you know summer is near. By the way, fig trees have two harvests. Uh, the summer harvest is the one with the, uh, the figs that you can eat. There is a winter harvest as well, but they're not edible. Interesting little side tidbit. All right, so this is the summer harvest when it buds and, and the fruit is good for eating, right? And so when um, you see these things happening, right? The uh, powers of the heavens being shaken, fear and foreboding, perplexity, distress of nations, darkness, falling of the stars, the sea and the waves roaring, etc. When you see those things, think of them like the leaves and the buds on a fig tree in the summer, right? That you know that the harvest is, is, is drawing near, right? The kingdom of God is near. Of course, there are, um, there's a verb in verse 31 and 30, 30 and 31, both those verses. Um, what's the key verb in there? Yeah, when you see, uh, and when you see these things happening, uh, you, when the tree is budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is near, right? Seeing. Uh, it's interesting. I, I haven't thought of this before, but um, the tree is good for sight, or good, f they saw the tree and they I saw its fruit and that it was good for food, right? Think of the garden. But here Jesus is doing the opposite, right? This fruit is good. It's a sign of harvest of God's judgment. All right. Um, verse 32, assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away, right? What is What generation is he talking about? Yeah, this is the uh, apostolic age. It's the ones he's talking to. He's catechizing his uh, disciples, and then later when he sends them, they're called apostles, sent ones, right? So it'll be for these people while they're still alive, right? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Um, so what's he saying here in verse 32? This generation will by no means pass away, depart, until these things take place. Well, go back to verse 28. The redemption draws near. They will see redemption. It will be accomplished before them with their, remember the verb in 3031, with their eyes, they will see it in their own generation, right? These are the eyewitnesses of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And this generation will not pass away until they see it, right, take place. And then they'll bear witness uh, on our behalf, right, as eyewitness testimony. So what does he mean then? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Verse 33. How would you summarize that? Yeah, no matter what happens upon this earth, so think of the sermon last night, um, no matter what takes, or what, what takes place or what changes might happen, even the destruction of the temple and, and the overthrow of Jerusalem, which they'll all see, well, many of them will see, some of them won't make it until the destruction of, of the temple. Uh, no matter what happens, the word of the Lord will not be destroyed or pass away. In other words, Jesus is forever where his word is, where his name has been put, there he is, no matter what we experience and no matter what our eyes see, okay? So that the benefit of the sight is pertains to the witnessing of Jesus' death and resurrection, right? But also I would say then for us, as we're looking to these things and saying, why are these things happening to us? 
because Jesus is drawing near. Okay. Um, to whom is he speaking then in verse 34 and 35? Right? He's been speaking to the apostles and in specific, right? But then take heed to yourselves. And now he's now he's moving forward to the last day, right? That day come upon you unexpectedly. The last day. So now he's talking to you as well as to them, right? This is a broad teaching for the whole church, right? That we don't let our hearts be weighed down, right, by carousing drunkenness, cares of this life. Not to get so distracted by this life that we fail to watch and pray for the day that is to come. The, his final return to judge all men. Again, those are the key verbs then in 36. Again, see or watch and pray. Right? Watch and pray. That is, stay with Jesus, always watching for his return and praying. That is, calling upon his name for all in all things and for all um, needs. And of course, uh, as we talked about last night in the sermon, um, this is actually the means by which the Lord comforts us and keeps us um, from worry and distress and anxiety, is he gathers us together, he forgives us our sins, we forgive one another, we live together in community, always standing at the ready, watching and praying, and thereby the Spirit is uh, increasing and strengthening us in us um, faith for the day, right? So that we'd be counted worthy, that is, in Jesus, forgiven uh, for when these things come to pass. Meditation then. Jesus prepared his disciples for the hour of his death, even as he preached about the day of his final return. In his death, the world has been judged, for he has borne the iniquity of us all. Those who reject Christ reject his forgiveness and will faint from terror on the day of his return. Those who live by faith in the Son of God will lift up their heads and see their Redeemer coming to deliver them. How are we to stand on the day of his coming? We are to hold fast to his words, for he created the heavens and the earth by his word, and he has brought us to life through the same word of his gracious love. We are to keep watch and pray with that word, as we do when we gather around word and sacrament. There we stand before the Son of Man even now, so that we may escape and stand before the Son of Man when he returns to judge the living and the dead. I love the way he said it last night um, in the gospel text, the Mark text that we read right? Stand, therefore, and forgive. So um, he pointed out that the, the prayer uh, that's always upon our lips is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, all right? And I mentioned in the sermon, that's, um, that's the thing that actually gathers us together, binds us together, and keeps us together, is the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus, right? So that we can um, watch and pray for each other as well, as we watch and pray for Jesus' return. Good. All right, introduction to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children, ask their dear Father. First petition, hallowed be thy name, what does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we, as the children of God, also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. We pray. 
Heavenly Father, in holy baptism, we became your dear children, and you became our dear Father. You have given us every gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and for Jesus' sake have made to us many great and precious promises. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness, for clothing us with the righteousness of Christ, and for making us joint heirs with your Son of eternal life. Forgive us for doubting your tender love for us and for not trusting that we are your dear children in Jesus. Give us confidence in your word, boldness to call upon you in prayer for all our needs, and the joy of being your dearly loved and forgiven children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray the collect for this week. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray this day for the church and your pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ and his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Today we pray in Thanksgiving with James, who celebrates his birthday, with Gary and Amy, who celebrate their baptism. We pray for our households, especially that of James, Robert, Clarence, and Linda, Carl, Jackie, and Chris. Continue to pray for those ill, receiving treatment, or recovering. Praying for Marcella, Kelsey, Frank, that's the, uh, not sister, excuse me, brother of Corey Horn, who uh, uh, is in serious condition. We continue to pray for Joel. Um, also known as Roger, and his wife, uh, Rhonda, who was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Pray for Amanda, recovering from cancer, as well as Dan, Timothy, Janice, and Sandy. Continue to pray for Pastor Moon, Ken, Norman, Sandy, Kathy, Jim, and Elaine. Jim's conditions worsened, as well as Mike. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, Mickey, and Paul. Pray for our mission of the month here for December and ask the Lord to give us generous hearts to support the work of a place of refuge. We pray for comfort in adversity and true peace of conscience. We continue to pray with Barb and Gary, the death of Gary's mother, Verna. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. We sing uh, our first few stanzas of our hymn for this week, Savior of the Nations Come.
Lord be with you all today. Uh, it's good to have you. Again, you can uh, probably go back and watch at least the complete service on Facebook and uh, YouTube, although it didn't start recording on time. I had to go manually start it because it was still set up for Thanksgiving. Hmm. My fault there. Um, Don, you can't write thanks pastor <laughs> as a comment. You're going to get that marked as spam again because you always write the same thing every day. Oh, you have to come up with new words. Um, let's see. <laughs> it's, just, it's kind of funny. Oh, yes. Uh, and then hopefully the sermon will be broken out as a separate uh, podcast or video that you can watch uh, independently if you'd prefer. Uh, let's see, anything else? Yes, make plans for Saturday uh, to join us in the morning for uh, decoration at 9 a.m. We'll have congregation at prayer at 9 a.m. as well. Um, but uh, you can watch that later in the day if you'd rather decorate then. And then uh, I'll join you as after I finish our congregation at prayer. All right. Uh, let's see, anything else? Oh, yes. And then uh, decorating of the float for the school for the Adele Christmas Parade. Um, I encourage you to uh, help out with that. You can talk to, uh, let's see who, Jenny or Marla. Um, I'm not sure exactly where the address is that, that it's being decorated, but it'll be probably sometime around noon or whatnot. I haven't seen the exact details yet. So watch for that. All right. Um, otherwise, join us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. again. We'll have Congregation of Prayer and we'll continue to consider um, how Jesus teaches us to pray. So Lord be with you all, and we'll see you tomorrow.